0: Hello everybody, thanks for tuning into the show. Today we're gonna to be doing it for the kids, talking about general mental health and well-being for first-time parents. My name's Chris Sutton, this is Mental Conversations. I'm not sure I can be so absent-minded. Take a good look, take no notice, don't be blinded. And we're rolling. It, <laughs> I've got her back in studio, the original shy. gangster, the OG. Nicola Stewart, now Nicholas Stewart-Wallace. Hi. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It's very, it was, I was there, evening guest only, but I was there, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a good do, and uh, everyone turned up, everyone said I do in the right places. We did. Yeah. You um, left a bit early, because
1: you couldn't hack it,
0: but... I'm getting old, <laughs> if I'm honest. One. I did, I did, but, and I used my first ever Uber no. to get home, which was quite exciting, Anyway, for people who don't know who I'm talking to and why I'm talking like this, Nicola was one of the original people who started this podcast with me uh, to help me get it up and running. And I'll be forever grateful for that. And so will um, all these listeners that we pleased that you've come back on share your wisdom. (laughs) So we were talking the other day and I said, I'd really like you to come back on the podcast at some point. What Mm -hmm. would you like to talk about? And you said...
1: I said um, mental health and well-being for first-time parents. Or well, not quite like that. I probably said, um, "I want to talk about how hard it is when you have a baby for the first time, and how stressful it is, and how isolating it is, and you know what people can do um, to make it better."
0: Yeah, and and it's a really good subject. It's a really important thing for us to talk about because, well, you've you've been through it Aye. as a mum. I've have got a couple of kids, um, and and it's bloody hard. Mm. It's really really hard work, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, and we seem to think or well, there's a lot of conversations that happen before you have a baby um but actually from what we've talked to each other you're still not actually prepared yeah. for it so yeah
1: yeah i don't think anything can ever um fully prepare you yeah. um you don't ever truly know what to expect um i think it's probably really important actually just to start by saying that you know we both know Absolutely how lucky we are to have children and to have been able to have children. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we are going to talk about today how stressful it is and at times how you just want to sort of walk out into the back garden and have five minutes (laughs) (laughs) before you go back into the house and deal with them. Um. But you know, it goes without saying. We're really lucky, hundred percent, to have children in in the first place.
0: And, um, and and actually, can I just add to that? Because we were just talking to someone randomly before we start. We press play on this, and you know, I said oh, I'm going to say this on the podcast. You know, my my children are definitely you know um, the best. You know, they're they're the best thing. You know, like, but at the same time, they're the hardest thing to mm. to kind of. Manage. Well, I can't even know what the word is kind of thing <laughs> like just to get by. Um, so yeah, so yeah, a hundred percent. There is. I think it's a, a really valid point that yeah, you know, we appreciate the fact that some people aren't able to have children, and you know, we we both feel very lucky and we both love our children to pieces. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is going to be focusing on, firstly, about kind of some of the difficulties and then some of the things that you can do to actually um, yeah. relieve some of those pressures. Yeah,
1: definitely. If we know any of the answers, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I mean we had we had a conversation about this and this being something that I wanted to talk about. It came really from a conversation I'd had with um Rebecca Swaznabar, who's been on your podcast um, in yeah. the past talking about postnatal depression. Um, now I've had conversations with um family members since having my little boys um just turned to three it was three in April. Um, almost in a bit of a reflective way talking about sort of how low my mental health was after he'd been born but at the time. We didn't really address it, or I didn't address it. I was quite secretive about it. Um, And actually, now that we've reflected on it, you know, we said, actually, I probably should have sought some help. And Mm. then I had that conversation with Rebecca Swaznabal the other day, and she was talking to me about her experiences of postnatal depression and what it felt like for her. And I was thinking, wow, yeah, some of those things that you're saying to me whilst I was never diagnosed with it and I never sought any help are really like ringing true to me. And, you know, that's exactly the way that I felt at the time. Now, I'll never know, because obviously I didn't seek that help, whether or not I did have postnatal depression, but I could really relate to some of the things um, that Rebecca was saying. So I thought, actually, you know, there'll be loads of parents like me out there that um, may never have had a diagnosis of anything in particular, but still know how hard it can be on your mental health. Yeah. Um, whether you're a first-time parent or whether you're a second-time, third-time parent, but to a new baby. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm yet to find all the challenges that come with older children and teenagers, but I certainly know the challenges that come with little ones. Well,
0: I'm glad you said that that bit about because about the diagnosis, because because actually, with or without a diagnosis, it's kind of irrelevant. There's, there are still aspects of mm-hmm. um, once you, once a, once a baby is there mm-hmm. that you that you've got to deal with, and whether or not you are, um, I don't know. It's like with depression, any depression. Sometimes actually having a diagnosis can be helpful and you think, oh, that means I can go and read books and look at things and tips yeah. and hints and things like that. Um, but actually, even without it, you can look at ways to look after your well-being. And some of the things that um, Rebecca was saying, they were in line with other things that people with depression can do. Mm-hmm. But but interestingly... Um, some of the things were, you know, specifically for someone with postnatal depression. Like she was saying, I think she said her mum said about choosing an outfit for a daughter and, yeah. you know, making a not just like shove them in some in a baby grow, but yeah. actually get them dressed. And like, so it's almost kind of practicing mindfulness that you know you're yeah, actually yeah. focusing on something. So there are things like that that are specific to. Um, to having a baby and anyone who's interested go back to that episode it's you know it's 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 there um I can't remember what number it is but it's on iTunes um Rebecca Swaznamar postnatal depression um so tell us some of the stuff then that you've been thinking about
1: yeah so um we mentioned sort of briefly before about how nothing can ever truly prepare you hmm. um for parenthood I think um when I found out I was pregnant I thought I've looked after loads of kids I've got nieces and nephews, millions of them, um all of whom you know I've babysat I've changed nappies, I've made bottles, I've put to sleep, I've taken to the park, I've done all of those things, mm. so i know I know all the things that you need to do um and really, I think when I was pregnant, I focused very much on all those practical things that you need to do to look after a child um but I've never really considered the impact on my mental health um There's a lot of changes going on at the time, so um, I found out I was pregnant just after I graduated from university. Yeah. Um, I'd not secured a job at the time. Um, you know, I'd literally graduated four days earlier, and um, was going through like recruitment processes, assessment centres, interviews for graduate jobs. Um, me and my partner had talked about moving in together, but we didn't live together at the time. Mm-hmm. He was travelling with work. Um, So there was so much going on all at once that I was focusing on, you know, those really practical things without thinking about the mental impact that that massive change to my life would have. Um, And I think, it, it, you know, it really hit me those first couple of weeks after bringing the baby home from hospital, just what a complete change, you know, they'd been to my life nine months earlier. I was a student and I was partying and I could pretty much do what I want. I yeah. had a flexible job, I worked part time hours, didn't have any sort of massive responsibility in my job. Um I paid rent but my student loan covered it. That was a hell of a um, change, isn't it? Yeah, so it all just kind of hit me all at once. And I'll never I'll never forget being sat up in the middle of the night and I think the baby must have been about five days old. Um my partner was asleep in bed next to me, I was um breastfeeding at the time. Um, and I was so tired um, I just don't think you can like <laughs> um, you know th- realise yeah. Yeah, the impact that tiredness, that exhaustion can have on you um, and I was sat up in bed and I, was, I just remember thinking what have I done, I've, ru- I've ruined my life did you, I'm never going to be normal again
0: Did you bond with your little boy straight away or did it take a while Or
1: At the time um, I thought that I had in hindsight now um, and I, j- I joke about this quite a lot um i don't I don't fully think I had I remember him being he must have been a couple of months old and being sat in the living room and suddenly getting this like overwhelming rush of love for him um and that's the thing that they talk about the first time that somebody passes your baby after you've just given birth you get this overwhelming feeling and it wasn't until I actually got that a few months down the line that I realized I didn't get that when he was born
0: yeah which
1: is really hard to say actually because. It's it's almost like um, you know everyone tells you that you're gonna get it. There's an expectation that you'll yeah. get it. So to admit that you didn't feel like that about your baby the first time that you held them, that's that's really hard. And to mentally, say
0: out loud. and mentally, like the the idea of um, you know a lot of us have these anxieties around like imposter syndrome, you know, like that yeah. I'm not good enough and I'm going to get found out any minute now that I'm not very good at this. And so the idea that bringing, another, bringing a mm-hmm. human out of your body into existence and then thinking, well, actually, I'm supposed to be feeling like this yeah, and I'm not, mm-hmm. must have been really like a really... And, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that can um, relate to that. And I mean, I, obviously, I'm not a woman. But I just think with other aspects of mental health, you know, everyone's different. Mm. So it's not, you know, there's probably not going to be birdsong in the air and mm-hmm. little, you know, you're seeing little Tweety birds flying around and yeah. love hearts. And, you know, it's going to be different for people. But the majority of people, I'd say, mm. do end up bonding with their child, even if it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. So th- but those, initial, those initial kind of hours or days or weeks... No, they know, they, that can be a real challenge because you're thinking mm-hmm. of what I should be feeling. Yeah. That's, you, you don't need to think like that, you know, and yeah. um, give yourself a break kind of thing. You've just been through a traumatic, one of the most traumatic things mm-hmm. you're ever going to do, certainly that your body's ever going to do.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you see the celebrity mums and the Instagram mums yeah. um, all over social media and they look fabulous and they've had a blow dry and they've had the nails done. Um and yeah. they, the the figures bounced back and they've got these perfect little babies that sleep through for twelve hours at night and um you know they're they're at the gym and they're going out for coffee mornings and you sat there and you you know, you're four months into having a baby and you can't remember the last time that you brushed your hair or put makeup on and it's to get out of the house in the morning, it's just a massive struggle. You think, What am I doing wrong? because these are what are managing it on Instagram and on Facebook and everything but like, what's 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 wrong with me? I know,
0: and and do you know what? I think... I, know I don't want to jump around too much. Actually, I don't care if we jump around too much. A lot of this came off the back of a certain incident that happened, didn't it? Um, with your little one who's now... How old do you say he's three? Yes. Um, and um, and what you said about you needing to go to the hairdressers. Oh, do I
1: have to talk about this on the oh, phone? Oh, well, you
0: don't ask. have to, but it's bloody hilarious.
1: Which, the number of times... Is this...
0: So when, so you sent me a WhatsApp message, yeah. and you said, "My little boy has just said to me that, oh, mummy, you've got armpit hair. You need to go to the hairdresser." Yeah,
1: and he looked at my armpits and he said, "Oh, mummy, your armpits need to go to the hairdressers. That's nice. Isn't this it? was yeah. This was the week after he'd said to me, "Mummy, um, your hair is black and yellow."
0: <laughs>
1: like those would be my
0: roots love <laughs> but you said to me tell, tell me tell me what your response was about the birthday party you said something about um, that's because I've done <laughs>
1: yeah so yeah I completely forgot about that yeah I'd been to um, taking him to birthday parties I think it all in all because I had to get the bus to this birthday party I'd gone to an hour and a half kids party and it had taken my whole day. I'd left the house at nine o'clock in the morning and didn't get back till half three. Mm. Um, and then he had the cheats tell me that my armpits looked like they needed to go to the hairdressers. And I said, <laughs> yes, darling, that's because this morning when mummy was in the shower, she was rushing so that she could get you to that bloody birthday party on time. <laughs> right.
0: So, so yes, it was a funny thing because like out of the mouth <laughs> of babes kind of thing like that. Uh, then it was even funnier that you responded something about the male <laughs> patriarchal society and you were doing it to be defiant and all that. Anyway, but like...
1: But Mummies don't need to show them. Need say, exactly.
0: And I concur. Like, okay. um, but, but the, th- the thing about it was right. And, and there was that. And then some of the things you've said since we started play, since we press record on this, right? Something I was thinking about in the last couple of days, actually, is your reaction when someone says something is actually generally based on something that's going on underneath rather mm-hmm. than what they've said. Sometimes it can be who says it, but quite, but more often than not, it's it's what they've said, yeah. and that basically they're touching on a nerve. Mm-hmm. So you are, how do I put this? You're a very well presented person. You do, you know, you are. Someone was saying the other day about your eyebrows, like yeah. always well manicured. Um, <laughs> so, so, like, so, like, so, so potentially for someone to, for anyone to point out something that about you that's not well manicured. Am I, am I digging a hole here, but Possibly. or am I, or am oh, I right, carry on. like? Would be something that you would be yeah, sen- yeah. would be sensitive to, and then on top of the fact that you have actually done all of those things for it for him during that day yep. makes it even an even more <laughs> kind of like you should be being grateful, you little, you yeah. know, beep, like you <laughs> no, know, so like yeah, so um, so anyway, my I think it's really important to to explore that and the fact like that for people to, that are listening in particular, because if you can, and it's hard, I know it's hard. But if you can take a step backwards and go, why am I feeling like this? Why am I, I know it's really probably even harder when you've got had no sleep and, and all the rest of it. But why am I acting like, am I, why am I responding in this way to that, mm-hmm. I guess is my question. Because underneath, if you can be thinking, oh, well, I can just, you know, if it was something that was, if someone said to me, oh, you're a rubbish dancer. Mm. And I didn't really care, I'd just be like, oh, I'm a rubbish dancer. But if I really wanted to be a great dancer and someone said to me, even my five year old, you're a rubbish dancer, <laughs> I'd probably be really upset. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Do you like do you get what I mean? It's like a if someone if my if my son said I was fat, because I've put on a little bit of weight, I'll admit it, <laughs> I would be like, Daddy's not fat. Like just carrying a little holiday muscle. Like but, So yeah, so my point is if you can, if you are able to actually take a step back and look at it, mm. then you can go, okay. He doesn't mean it like that or didn't mean it like that. I don't have to accept this yeah. kind of attached to the negativity. But,
1: you know, before, like, even when he was a little baby, before he could speak, there'd be things like, um, and I'm sure I can't be the only person that's felt like this, if he was crying about something and you think, you're not hungry because I've fed yet, you. you're clean, yeah. you've got everything that you need, you're crying. Um, and, you know, you think, what? What, why? Why are you doing? <laughs> yeah, why are you doing this? <laughs> and it's like you find yourself, and, and you know it's hard to admit, but um, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person that's felt like this. You find yourself sort of blaming them and thinking, "What more can I possibly do? I've done everything that I can, and you're still crying." Yeah. You know what? What is wrong with you? And then you, you just have to take a step back from that. Whether that's going for a, a breather outside the room, just for five minutes. Obviously, your baby's safe. They're in a safe place, and just standing back out that room and just giving yourself a chance to breathe. Because yeah. otherwise, I think that stress can really get on top of you. And I think you just end up... Well, I know that certainly for me, I just end up crying. I just get so stressed to the point that I'm yeah. crying. You've got to sort of take that step back and go, Right, okay, this baby is definitely not crying just to wind me up. Like,
0: yeah, but,
1: <laughs> not but like you're probably also
0: that. feeling, like, guilty about feeling like that yeah, about yeah, him. yeah,
1: massively. Because you're like,
0: again, you've got this stereotypical, This is the way I should be feeling. Yeah. So anything outside of that box is a, is like a deviation from what I should in inverted yeah, commas be, I, yeah. be feeling. I remember
1: saying it was the middle of the night and I remember we were staying at my mum's house and I said to my now husband, to say my boyfriend, my husband. My husband. Yeah. <laughs> I remember saying to him and um, just passing him the baby and he was he was only a few months old and saying take him away from me. I do not want him. And I didn't mean I don't want him ever. I just yeah. meant right at this moment in time I cannot go, please just take him off me because I've been up all night while he's been crying. And because I was breastfeeding, it was always me that got up because he wasn't having bottles, we didn't have the chance to share that. Um, okay,
0: yeah, like yeah. the
1: feeding responsibilities throughout the night, so it was, it did have to be me. Yeah. Men have useless nipples. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he was he was so shocked by the fact that I'd said that because he was saying, What do you mean you don't want him? Yeah. Like just really in disbelief, and he still brings that up now. And it was just that sort of split moment. I didn't mean anything by it, but the stress had just got so much, and the, the exhaustion—being yeah. so tired and sleep deprived—that um, I was just, I suppose, a little bit irrational.
0: But I, I think that must be that must be normal, though. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. And again, I think it's really important, and it's very cool of you to be able to talk about this so openly because I think people listening to this will yeah. actually be thinking. Oh my god! Thank God, it's yeah. not just me. And yeah. I think
1: it is. It is normal. I'm sure it's normal. But you go to like your mum, mum groups or your parent groups and your breastfeeding clubs and all the rest of it. Yeah. And nobody says that stuff. Nobody talks about that. Don't they, do they not? They think no. I've never had a conversation with anyone.
0: So whether is it a, is it like an, a continuation of the Facebook I, Instagram yeah. thing where it's still? Oh, is it is it like a bit one-upmanship of? Oh, mine's yeah, sleeping through yeah. now.
1: And I suppose you know it.
0: I know this that's is your experience. experience. It's not like if you but. know the
1: ones that I've been to, and some might be completely different to that. But that is not something I'd ever have admitted at one of them groups because I thought these people will report me. Like they're not going <laughs> to support oh, me yeah, with this. Well, they're that's just going to say uh, this. You know, tell tell the health visitor or whoever it was that was running the session order. You know, I don't think she's coping very well. Yeah. Um, because like you say, it's more. Oh well, look at mine sitting up or look at mine clapping hands. And actually, when I think back to that now. At the time, there was, um, I used to go to, like, a breastfeeding group on um, Thursday morning, um, and all the other mums there, you know, the kids would be sitting up and they'd be clapping and they'd be doing this, they'd be doing that. And I used to sort of interpret that, them talking about that as, oh, everyone's just showing off, everyone's just trying to say, my baby's better hmm. than yours, and I used to take it really personally. And, you know, at the time, I couldn't get away from that, but even now, looking back on that again... I can see that no they weren't doing that. Actually they were probably proud of the kids, but also they were probably thinking, Is my baby doing this at the yeah. right time? Yeah and trying to, you know, compare to other people. Of course, yeah. What was normal. Um but at the time I just totally interpreted that as something else.
0: Randomly in my day job I've just done an appraisal before this before coming to record this. And the person I was doing the appraisal with was saying oh, you know, I always put myself down and I always think that other people can do it better than me. And so I had a very similar thing where I was like, conversation with her, I was like, well, I think so many people think, think that, it, yeah. just in general about everything. You just think, I'm going to get found out and I can't do it. And, you know, look at what that child's doing. And maybe they've just had a good five minutes or, mm. you know, and and it, there's a real thing. This is one of the big... Um, Pillars, I think, of, of my life at the minute. There's a book called The Four Agreements. I recommend anyone to read it, it's absolutely brilliant. And one of the four agreements you make with yourself is don't make assumptions. So, this word assumptions is in my mind a lot at the mm. minute. And a lot of my own anxieties about wildly different things to what we're talking about now. So many of them I realise afterwards are based on making a false assumption. yeah And then when I get to the point where you find out, I go, oh that never happened, it didn't happen like that, and they weren't even thinking that, and yet I've been, so, you know, if you can look at anything and realise, actually I'm mind reading, Mm. I'm not, and I can't do that, I'm not actually a mind reader, so I can't actually do that, but I'm at, but my reactions and my behaviour is based on making an assumption about somebody, or something, or the way someone looked, or the way two people looked at each other, they must be looking, they must be talking about me, must be some some little in thing that they're, you know. Assumptions are just bullshit, you know. They just—they don't yeah. mean anything. So you know, it's a really. There was a, there was a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. I don't know if you'll be again. I don't know if you'll be happy that I'm going to bring these up or not. Oh, well, but I'm you've about now. Blogged about a couple of things, yeah. Which yeah. I think, and there's a couple of examples in there, which, you know, I know because I know you've been happy about them being um, public. So something about tanning. Oh. Um,
1: that made that
0: yeah it made me laugh, but.
1: So you know thought. So, we, I think we're on about the same thing here. Yeah, well, that doesn't
0: even let's matter let's it's let's not. Let's
1: hope so. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, I, one of the things that I found really difficult was not having the time to look after myself, not having the time to get my hair cut, not having the time to have my eyebrows done. And it's not because I'm shallow or vain. Um, it's just because those are the things that make me feel good. So anyway, I thought of like a bit of fake tan on. Um going out with the girls, I hadn't been out in well, months and months and months and probably years actually by that point. <laughs> Put a load of fake tan on, breastfeeding. Um, my little boy, um, who yeah, subsequently ended up with a big like orange <laughs> ring, sort of starting from his little button nose right oh, the way round oh, to his chin him. and across his cheeks
0: So yeah, I did
1: accidentally fake tan him once.
0: But that's, like <laughs> these. Are, I think these are things that it's really like. I'm not saying it. I'm not bringing these things up to um, make you feel bad or make you look yeah, bad. Yeah. I just think yeah. these are things that are normal that people do. And I'm sure you said something about dropping your iPhone on him once. While you were breastfeeding, and yeah. but um, in the middle of
1: the night when you're like on your phone because you need something to keep you awake because you think if I don't, I'm gonna fall asleep and squash him. So I'm, I need to keep something yeah. going, so you start looking through Instagram. But and also, drop the phone on his face. but
0: I um I've dropped I dropped my daughter when she was a baby, mm. um so you know it's not just mums. Um <laughs> I had her in, I had her in this like backpack thing or backpack oh, type yeah. thing that's for babies, but the first time I'd ever worn it, she was put she was put in while I was wearing it so I assumed it had a sling bit at the bottom that held her in and it didn't it was literally just a wraparound thing so when I undid it I was going to try and loosen her down (laughs) she just shot down and hit the floor and I mean I've never been so scared in my entire life because she just she didn't cry that was the really scary bit and that's what they say isn't it you know, if they don't cry, is when you really need to worry, and then after a few seconds, she started crying. But you know, took her to A and E and got her looked over, and she was fine. And she got a, um, a, a pink knitted toy or something. But <laughs> like, so it was quite happy. But oh my and god! You, like When you
1: go into like a memory box and all that, and this is the and pink knitted is, toy yeah. that you got from when this we took her to A and
0: E from Harrogate Hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, yeah. So. You know, there are these things that happen to people. There are these things that, you know, that that happen. And now, you know, further down the line, so I've got a two and a half year old um, and he's picked up these expressions as they do. And again, I've written down and the only real notes I've written around this were around um, words. Mm -hmm. The fact that words start hurting you. So my two and a half year old yesterday, um, I was making him eat his dinner before he could have pudding. Standard Parenting thing, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and he's going, Daddy, you're making me really sad, <laughs> and that's so hard, it's so hard to hear, you know, in his little <laughs> face. And you kind of you have to, so like, and it's nothing, you know, but you have to be really strong, yeah, you yeah. have to be really strong really regularly, yeah, and that can be very tiring, can't it? Yeah,
1: we had that at bedtime the other day because we do three of everything at the minute because he's just turned three, all right, he wants to do everything in three, so we have to do three bedtime stories. So, I try and encourage him to pick ones that are short.
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs>
1: Mummy's not even had a tea yet, darling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can I have the far away tree, please, Mummy? <laughs> Volumes one through five.
1: Um, so, because I wouldn't read a fourth bedtime story. He said, Mummy, I'm, I'm really sad now. Oh. And I just thought. Come on, I've read three stories to you. I'm starving, I'm not eating. Yeah, yet. I've been at work all day. I'm really trying
0: here, but please go Just sleep. You please. know, one of the things, actually, that, that going backwards a bit from what you said a, minute, a few minutes ago, was about that leaving them on their own and going and having five minutes, actually. Oh, yes. You know, when it pretty much, you know, at most ages, you can do that. You know, you can actually step away, especially if you can still hear them. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're you know, they're, they're usually, mm-hmm. the majority of the time, their life isn't in danger. Yay. You know, but like yeah, if yeah. they're in a cop, for example, and there's nothing they can choke on or whatever, and, and as long as you can still hear them, I mean, you can step away, can't you, and give yourself a couple of minutes. Because, yeah. yes, I know they're crying, but, it, it, yeah, sometimes, I suppose, I, the, the analogy I always use, and I've used on this podcast a thousand times probably, is like when you're on an aircraft, and it says if the cabin pressure drops, oxygen things will come from the ceiling. But if you're traveling with children, mm-hmm. please put yours on first. And the reason it says that is because if you put theirs on yeah, first and yeah. then you pass yeah. out, you can't look after them. Yeah. Well, your mental and physical well-being you know, has to be paramount when you're mm-hmm. talking about looking after your children at any age, really, but particularly um, at a young age, because you're the one looking after yeah. them. Um, and also, not to freak people out too much, but their belief systems are developed, you know, it's kind of fairly well evidenced now, I think, that your belief systems for your life are set between the ages of, well, conception, and mm-hmm. I think it's um, two years old, yeah. um, or three years old, so, um, conception and two, yeah, so... it. You, it, it makes a difference what you your behaviour and how you are Definitely. so you have to look after yourself
1: and I think that was a really that one in particular that sort of stepping back and just having a minute for yourself to just breathe and to like become a rational person again I think was a really difficult one for me to accept because um, all through my pregnancy I had it in my head that I was going to use cloth nappies and I was going to oh really? And yeah I was reading all hypnobirthing books and um, like still now I, I'm I believe in, like, the sort of gentle parenting techniques and approaches. And um, I, or I never wanted to um, sort of do the cry it out method. That just personally wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone has their own parenting preferences. But I'd always said that that's not something I wanted to do. So actually to be able to, like, step outside for a minute while your baby's crying was really, really difficult for me at first to allow myself to do that and to give myself that little bit of breathing space because I used to think, you know, this isn't the parent that I said I was going to be and that I wanted to be and um, I think that was probably the most difficult thing actually, my own expectations of what sort of parent I was going to be and how I was going to raise my child and then like we said at the beginning, nothing actually prepares you for what's about to happen Mm. and those expectations kind of go out the window a little bit.
0: Well they do, except the the expectations in terms of what practically happens what actually happens Mm -hmm. factually happens go out the window but the expectations in your mind perhaps don't so basically all you do is feel bad about it and i think that's kind of one of the key takeaways from this for me would be that you know for anyone who's starting out on that journey is perhaps you know have an understanding of that you're going to try your best basically Mm -hmm. and and that that will be good enough to actually, mm-hmm. you know, keep your baby going and yeah. and and then like um but yeah those but but actually trying to fulfil all those expectations it's probably gonna be quite hard. Um, you know, I'm sure some people do it, but from what you're saying, you know, a lot of a lot of women in particular have mm-hmm. like really high expectations of what yeah. they're gonna what what they're gonna do. Um we got a few minutes a couple of minutes left. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to
1: I just, um, before you finish, yeah, I just think um, the sort of biggest tip that I'd give to anybody um, is around trying to socialise and not to isolate yourself. I found it really difficult because I was six miles away from all my family when um, Mm. I had um, my little boy, um, didn't really have any friends in the area because I'd moved to the area when I was um, pregnant, um, so I've not had a chance to make any friends there really. Um, all my friends were really far away. None of my friends had kids. Yeah. Um, My husband went to work every day. Sometimes he'd leave the house and I'd just literally sit there and cry as soon as the door closed because I thought, this is another day of being on my own. I didn't go to any um groups, mum groups until, um, or pa- parent groups, sorry, I should say, um, until I was, he was probably about four months old.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Best thing that I ever did. Um, And, you know, as much as at the time I thought, um, you know, I'm being judged or oh their babies doing more than mine I'm my, my parent just that opportunity to actually get out and speak to other people and to not be sat on your own in the house all day yeah. was just massive just really, you know, like change things for me and really cool. helps things um, and you were talking a bit earlier about assumptions there was one um, I was probably the youngest mum at um, all of these groups that I went to how old, um,
0: how old were you then?
1: 22 mm-hmm. um, so there was one woman that was there that was roughly a similar age, probably a couple of years older than me. She looked really cool. She had tattoos and she was just beautiful. Um, and her baby was gorgeous and really well-dressed. And I thought, you are absolutely smashing it. She's amazing. Yeah. And I was like in awe of her. Um, eventually, you know, we got talking a bit. And when I started following her social media, I found out that actually she, suffered, she was suffering really bad with postnatal depression. So I completely had this assumption that she had it all together and she yeah. was doing great. And then I found out that she wasn't. So that sort of made me question, you know, every person that I spoke to that I thought was doing so much better than me, actually, we were all kind of probably struggling yeah, together. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Then there was another mum who I became friends with. Like I say, I was 22 and she was 38. Um, I was just starting out my career, just graduated. Then I'd gone on maternity leave. She was like a doctor or something um, and had been a doctor for years and had had children later on in life. She had a husband and she had a mortgage and all those things that I thought... Made you a perfect mum. So on paper, you know, we were like complete opposite ends of the spectrum, but this woman didn't have a clue what she was doing either. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and we were both just sort of totally lost and turning up at these groups and not really having anyone to talk to and just sort of found a little friendship between each other because our children were of a similar age. Yeah, yeah. And we couldn't have been more different, but having her to talk to him and realizing that while she looked like she had everything that I wanted, yeah. she was struggling just as much as I was.
0: Great advice. Get out there, yeah, meet definitely. them. Yeah, Interestingly, you know, a bit of from the dad's side as well. When my daughter was born, they they handed me to her and said, "Right, go and wait in that room." And I went to hand her back, thinking and they were like, "Well, no, take her with you." And I was like, "Are you having a laugh?" Like, I was like, "What do you mean? What do, do, what do I? Yeah, I was like, I was like, what if? What, what if anything? What if she cries? What if she yeah. like does any?" They were just like, you, all you, you got to do is just go and sit in there, you know, like... And it was, like, one of the... Some of the most magical five minutes of my yeah. life kind of thing. Um, but, like, especially as she looked like me. She didn't have glasses, but she I, <laughs> she really did. I really was, like, looking in the little mirror. It was, like, amazing. But, but like, but, yeah, you're just kind of, like, that, that panic of, what? What do you mean? Yeah. And then they let you go home. Yeah. When you went, you know, however long days or whatever late, later, and you go home and you're, like... <laughs> yeah yeah but you're coming with me right (laughs) you know you're looking back at the medical stuff and like yeah it's so it is it is a terrifying thing but ultimately rewarding and ultimately i think there's some really really helpful things that people have kind of picked up there particularly perhaps around that assumptions and not making assumptions you know get out there meet people listen to other experiences read up on blogs read you know listen to podcasts Mm -hmm. about it um because a lot of people are going through the same kind of things. Um, I thought that was great, really, really helpful. Thank you I so much. Speaking to you. Yeah, come back anytime. You're the one guest, probably, that I'll say. You get a gold pass, you can come on anytime you like. Thanks, pal. So, um, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Nick. Speak to you soon. Thank you. I knew I was going to enjoy that. And thanks to Nick for coming back into the studio, as always. Um, What a wonderful mum. I should have said that when she was actually here, shouldn't I, really? Um, But, yeah, when you listen back to this, you're a great mum, Nick. So thanks for sharing all those stories with us. Thank you guys out there for listening. Uh, Please follow me on Twitter at Mental Follow me on Instagram, Mental Conversations. Uh, Another episode's going to be winging its way to you soon. Cheers.